Welcome to Insignium Bits, conversations about breakthrough, innovation, and transformation. Hello, and welcome to Insignium Bits. My name is Anna Islamova. I am consultant with Insignium, and today I'm joined by Monica O'Hara, who is Chief Marketing Officer with WordPress.com. Hello, Monica. Hi. Hi, Anna. Thanks for having me here. I ask you to join us today because in our firm, we do celebrate women leadership and gender equality. It's really important in our firm. And this month is a Women's History Month. And your career is very inspiring for me. And I think it's going to be a great example or great inspiration for many women and men who's listening to this podcast. Oh, that's so kind of you to say. And I'm so flattered and honored to be here. My first question for you would be, can you give us a little history about how did you become the chief marketing officer for WordPress.com and how did that happen? Well, I guess I'll share a little bit of context too, that um, Anna was inspirational on my career journey because she was actually one of my first bosses. She hired me and really got (laughs) me into this you know, track that I'm on. So I'm super thankful. And I feel very lucky that we're sitting here talking about this today, because I do credit Anna with a lot of my, you know, like career trajectory, because I learned a lot from her. So to give you a little background, so I actually started my career in a different industry, I actually was going down the path of real estate development. What ended up happening is that around that time, digital marketing really started to take off and the company wanted to start doing more digital marketing to market the homes that it was building. Hmm. And because I was one of the youngest people in the company and I knew how to use a computer pretty well. And then, um, so this company wanted to get into digital marketing and they let me handle a lot of it, which was crazy at the time because I had no experience and you know, I think part of it was like, I knew how to use a computer pretty well. And I was like, you know, (laughs) analytical. And so they're like, she'll figure it out. And so I got this crazy large budget to figure out how to do digital marketing. And I really ended up loving it because it's like, you know, creative, but also technical and there's numbers and it just, it just really kind of spoke to me. And I kind of decided this is really what I want to do. And so I ended up actually with the real estate uh, bubble that kind of popped in uh, 2006, 2007, that was a really challenging time. I ended up getting laid off from that company, which was really sad. The company kind of uh, went down and that was actually three days after I gave birth to my daughter. So three days after I gave birth, I found out I was laid off and the whole, and a lot of people in the company, the company is essentially shut down. And, you know, a lot of people would see that as a big challenge and obviously a very scary time just having a baby, but it ended up being a huge silver lining for me because I was able to really shift my career into something that I ended up loving even more, which was digital marketing. So from that moment on, uh, when you got into performance marketing driven by something tangible like results, and then at the same time, creating in such a way that it drives your enthusiasm and power of connecting with people, what was next for you? I know you started your own company. Uh, What happened there? What, What had you even start your own company? You know, one of the things that really started to evolve in the marketing world is that there was a very traditional way of doing marketing. You know, think of like Mad Men, this kind of, um, you know, 
uh, super creative. Um, and, and, and it's not like that ever went away, but I think that marketing evolved to also include very analytical technical components that, like you mentioned, are results driven. And I feel very lucky that I was able to kind of ride the wave of this emerging form of marketing and really having a strong performance marketing background that could blend with um, you know, the creative traditional marketing, because I really saw this as the direction that marketing was going. And early in my career, I ended up joining a startup that was an online dating startup. And I was an early employee there. I was able to work my way up to become the GM, which was really awesome and exciting. And one of those experiences that, you know, you, you get when you grow with a startup. So one of my tips is for people young in their careers, don't be afraid to join a startup. You will learn so much and wear many hats and truly be able to grow with that company, which I did. We eventually sold that company to Match.com, which was really awesome for that to be acquired. And from there, really trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. And I always knew that I wanted to start a company. And what I realized is that people needed more help in the market about how to do performance marketing and do it well. And so the company was founded with that in mind that after this, you know, after this company was acquired, a lot of people wanted help with their marketing um, and how to do things. And so we were able to start a company that was really focused on helping Series A startups and below grow with a mix of consulting and technology that was powering us under the hood. And so we were building marketing technology as well. And eventually, um, you know, one of our clients was this company called Lyft, which was, you know, a smaller company at the time than it is today. <laughs> and, um, you know, they're not so small anymore. And so we helped them grow and they one day said they wanted to acquire us. It was super crazy because we were like, uh, this company's not for sale, <laughs> but thank you so much. Not um, for sale for Lyft. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, uh, we ended up, you know, going through with that. And it was a super exciting experience to be there um, through their IPO and help them grow. And um, and so that was a wild ride. And, you know, that's, that's, that's that journey. It just, you know, never know where life will take you. This one is incredible because as a consulting firm in Insignium, we do speak with uh, with clients a lot about breakthrough or innovation or transformation. And what you just described right now, it's literally a definition of a breakthrough, unpredictable result. And that transition from you starting a company and then having that be in such a value for companies that you got multiple offers to acquire your company, even though you were not for sale. And then um, becoming a part of a, a developing company, growing company called Lyft. So that's ultimate breakthrough. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it was an incredible time. I would have to say that definitely was a breakthrough because there was other companies that were interested to acquire us. And the fact that they were reaching out proactively, I mean, we were not shopping around. So we were like, is this a sign from the universe that we should sell? And we were really conflicted. I'll talk a little bit about that company. In addition to our passion of producing marketing results, the way that we ran the company was kind of unique. Some other passions of mine are, you know, as a working mom, I recognize that for a lot of women, the standard nine to five doesn't work for them in their career path. And so a lot of really smart, talented women were dropping out of the workforce. And I wanted to 
create opportunities for them. So we ended up hiring a lot of really amazing, talented women who had just had children or, you know, couldn't do the normal nine to five and gave them this opportunity to work at this company on their terms, on their hours and do that remotely, which worked super well for everyone. And secondly, I was born in the Philippines, which is a third world country. And I really recognized that if I had not moved to the United States as a young child, that I might not have had the same opportunities or be where I am based on simply my location. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm the same person here as I would have been there. And so that little bit of that makes me think about all the people who live in different areas and may not have the same economic opportunities, but they're smart and hardworking and willing to learn. And so we actually created a program where we could hire people remotely from these countries that wanted to get into digital marketing and we would train them up and then we would pair them with our clients. And this whole system worked really well because we were giving opportunity to people that may not have otherwise had the same types of career opportunities. This is unbelievable because it looks like you're bringing innovation in every area of your work where you are. Because what year did you found at the company, the data score? Let's see. We founded that in maybe 2015, if I remember correctly. So 2015, having a company that is built around how women work and then adding another layer, creating it remotely in 2015, it was an innovation. Trust me. (laughs) Well, I have to say, I can't take full credit for this innovation because there is a company that we had you know, look to for inspiration, because at that time, this pre-pandemic, not sure if like a kind of remote distributed company could work. And so one of the companies that we looked to for inspiration was a company called Automatic. Automatic is the current company I work for, which is very fortuitous that I'm here. And so Automatic is the parent company of WordPress.com. And Automatic is a company that is about 17 years old, and it has been you know, distributed or remote from day one. And so we really looked to them for inspiration and how they operated. And we were so inspired by what they were able to achieve that we wanted to try that too and look to them as you know a role model for what can be done in this space. Absolutely. And I've, I've seen that there are so many innovative ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've read a, really? a, a quote on a TechCrunch that you gave about how you guys doing the interviewing process. And then I'm not sure if it's for the most interviews for for the all interviews that the process be, uh, goes off to the, over the text or through writing to remove bias. And um, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because it was I think I find it incredibly interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's super fascinating. A lot of things that I've learned working at this company. I think that there's a lot of power to be unlocked when you rethink the default way of doing things. And I think what this company really excels at is looking at how the rest of the world may do something and then trying to do it in a little bit of a different way. In some ways, some people may find this challenging because there's a certain way of doing things at all other companies. And then this company is doing things differently. But in my opinion, that's how you get innovation is you do things differently and you're willing to try new things. And it takes courage. And it also takes a little bit of mental flexibility to say like, this is something new we're trying. And if it doesn't work, we can always go back to, you know, the old way of doing things. And so uh, that that is definitely 
really inherent to the company's core and the way that it operates and its values. And so one of the things that this company does very uniquely for um, many of the roles is that they do text-based interviews, which is not something I have seen anywhere. And so text-based interviews allows you to really focus on what this person is saying and their content and really kind of remove a lot of the bias that can be triggered subconsciously through hiring. Because maybe like, you know, the way the person looks or, you know, how they present themselves and whatnot. And so it feels like it really levels the playing field, especially for someone, you know, when you're doing a lot of international hiring, if English is not their first language, it's a great way to kind of level that playing field. And so I'm a big believer in this as a component of the hiring interview. Now that said, you know, that doesn't mean that we may never meet the person face-to-face. It depends, you know, for some roles, interpersonal social skills are very, very important. So, but there are, you know, for some roles, it does make sense to keep things text-based. And so it's a great tool to be able to have at your disposal when you're, you're trying to evaluate candidates based on their, their abilities and their merit and how they think. That's, I find it very incredible and intriguing and I have a question for you about your role uh, with WordPress.com right now. And what does it take for you to lead? What is your goal? What is your mission? So in that realm, can you tell us a little more about what are you up to as a leader at WordPress.com? So WordPress.com is a SaaS platform for the WordPress software. So what that means is that we offer... Um, the ability for anyone around the world to use the WordPress open source software, which is essentially like website software, allows you to run a website, a store, or a blog, and be able to manage that on your own. We allow people to access that with hosting and security and world-class support. So a bunch of features to actually run your website. So uh, WordPress is one of the most widely adopted softwares for for context. So about 43% of the internet is actually running on WordPress, which is super amazing product market fit. And WordPress.com is essentially a cloud-hosted version of that software, which is fully optimized for running WordPress because that's all we do. So what we're really focused on is helping more people use WordPress and be successful with whatever it is that they want to do. As more and more of the world becomes moves digital, a lot of uh, people want to have ownership of their online identity, whether that's their blog or their company for personal or for business, or people just want self-expression. And so I think it's really important for everyone to have access to a little corner of the internet that they can call their own and do it in a way where they have full ownership. One of the things that I think is really important, especially as we start to think about you know digital rights and, and ownership of content as this world evolves to be more and more digital, is that it's really important to own your platform and be able to have full portability of the data that you're putting out into the world, the content and the data that you're producing. And so this is a big mission for the company to help democratize publishing and commerce and help people really get online and be able to publish what it is that that they need to do. And so we're really here to help empower people and help more people uh, be able to achieve those goals. That's amazing. What do you personally, what are your personal challenges? especially now all of your workforce work mm-hmm. remotely. Uh, what are your challenges maybe as a manager, as a leader? Sure. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot, especially, 
given the kind of world we're in, you know, this, you know, crazy world events that are happening all around us. So I would say if we kind of back up a little bit, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head with something that our company is a little bit different before all the other companies started to go kind of working remote um, by, by necessity. Um, this company was fully distributed from day one. So being a leader at this type of company is very different than being a leader at a company where everyone's working on-premise in the same environment together. You have to be really intentional about the things that you do because you don't get those same moments such as like having lunch together every day and building those relationships and little things that you pick up in the hallway, those like serendipitous things of grabbing coffee with, um, you know, one of your team members. So we have to be really, really intentional about how we connect. And that's always a challenge because time is limited. And we're, so we have to kind of create these opportunities. So we try to do things like meetups in person. We value in real lifetime with each other. So we fly around the world and meet each other up for meetings, which is also super fun because we get to pick, you know, really awesome locations like Cancun or, you know, Portugal, et cetera. And I will have to say it's super, super fun to do that. And there's always a saying that you never really get to know someone until you've traveled with them. And that is so true. And so the bonds that are being built at this company are super strong because of that. Now, when the pandemic hit, a lot of that went away. So it became challenging because our kind of like ace in our back pocket about how we connect and, you know, build these relationships was gone. But and combine that with really accelerated hiring, our company has been growing really fast and we've been hiring a lot. So we've been hiring during the pandemic. And then you've got this whole cohort of new team members who've never met someone in real life. Combine that with the pandemic and just kind of the you know crazy news in the world, like it is a challenge for people emotionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you know, really trying to figure out how to support the team during this time has been a challenge that all leaders are facing, you know, us in particular, because we're not co-located, you know, um, we couldn't even in many cases meet up locally because some people couldn't leave their countries. And so, you know, those are all things that we're, we're kind of adjusting to with our, with our new normal here. I love how you created it in a way that the new responsibility of a leadership now is to support the team and whatever emotional state they are and address the situation, not only from result producing idea, but taking care of people. Uh, Thank you for that. And the last question for me, what advice would you give to women who are looking to advance their career development, leadership? What advice would you give? Mm, Let's see. So thinking back about the things that were really instrumental for me in my professional growth, I think the number one thing is pick your boss very carefully. Pick someone who is willing to invest in you and that you can learn a lot from, because that is, in my opinion, more valuable than the actual company you work for, especially early in your career. And like I said, I feel very lucky that that I met Anna this way. And she was, you know, one of my first bosses in my early career and very, very formative on me and in how I approach my career and my learning. And along with that, when I say pick a boss very carefully, that doesn't mean necessarily to pick someone that you just like, or is very nice and kind to you. Although Anna is many of those things. The thing that I would optimize for is someone who's willing to push you because it's actually harder for them to push you and push you to be the best that you can be than to um, just sit back and let you do whatever you want. So you actually need to find someone who is willing to push you 
and transfer their knowledge to you and be your coach. And in turn, I would say that people need to think about being willing to be comfortable with being uncomfortable because a lot of people want to be comfortable and they go into their, where their space, where they feel, where they feel comfortable. You know, we all like, we're all creature comforts, right? We, we, we want to feel good about ourselves, but part of personal and professional growth is inherently doing things you're uncomfortable with. So I would say that I was very willing to just put myself in situations where I was uncomfortable and I would just figure it out and I would just learn. And I I knew that people were around to support me. My biggest thing is I would say, be willing to try those new things. Growth feels uncomfortable and put yourselves intentionally in situations where you feel awkward and you don't know what you're doing because that's where you're growing. That's very useful because that's exactly, I think, why we worked so well together because I can relate to everything that you just underlined as a career advice for women. And frankly, I would give exactly the same advice to my daughter when she's ready to take off. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for being here. It's been such a pleasure to reconnect, to see, to follow your growth, to be able to connect on a new level. And I am humbled by all that you said about our working together. And I want to say that it's very incredible to hear you speaking about your company, about your team, and always giving credit to other people uh, inside of your success. So congratulations. I look forward to connecting with you and working with you on many levels. Thank you so much for being here, Monica. Oh, thank you, Anna. It's always great to chat and catch up. And I'm so glad we could spend this time together. Over 30 years ago, Insignium pioneered the field of organizational transformation. Please continue to our library in the episodes page of your podcast tool of choice.